Hey everybody, uh, this is Big John. Um, I just want to get on here for a minute, or when I say that, it usually ends up being 30 or 40 minutes, but want to talk about uh, Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Um, uh, I'm a Protestant Christian. I grew up in the Presbyterian Church. Um, I right now I attend a couple churches, um, <laughs> which a lot of the time means watching online from my couch. But um, one is non-denominational, and the other is um, the First Christian Church. I'm not sure what category or denomination that falls under um nor do i care because they're both biblically and scripturally sound in their sermons and teachings and the way they conduct their church let me get a swig of water uh this is a cigar and commercial free podcast um but I will gulp some water occasionally. Palm Sunday means a lot to me. Here comes the frog in my throat. Oh, Lord, get that frog out of my throat. So, what does all this mean? Uh, when I was a kid, it meant you got a, a branch or a leaf off of the a palm tree and you got a souvenir to take home and you ran around outside the church playing with, playing with your friends with your new toy, your palm uh, branch. I guess it's a branch. In the Bible, they call them branches. I always thought they were leaves. Um, now some Because they're blessed... They're, the palms are blessed by the pastor, or at least they should be. Um, they're considered holy. And uh, people say you're not supposed to throw them away. Uh, you can burn them, or some churches will take them back and burn them. Uh, and if you're Catholic, they'll use it to put the cross on your forehead for uh, Ash Wednesday the next year. Maybe some other denominations aside from Catholicism do that too. But this is the day uh, that marked the beginning of the end uh, and the resurrection. So I shouldn't guess I shouldn't say the end. But the, uh, it's the beginning of Holy Week for Christians. Um, Jesus rode into Jerusalem for his triumphant return. Um, and the people met him in the streets. Uh, in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 13, it says, So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. So they recognized Jesus as the king of Israel, uh, 
king of the Jews, that he was God's son uh, sent there. And <clears throat> this is also the beginning of the time when uh, the Romans feared Jesus, that he might start, uh, start some uprising against them because he had so many followers that were so passionate. Also, um, Jesus was a Jew, keep that in mind, okay? But some of the Jewish elders and Pharisees, as they taught me in school, in Sunday school, <clears throat> they saw Jesus as a threat to their traditions. Um, a lot of biblical scholars and preachers will teach that you know, the Pharisees and the, the way the uh, Jewish faith was being taught back then was very, you know, corrupt. And those people that were in power over the Jewish people within their religion saw Jesus as a threat as well to their power. Um in John chapter 12, verse 12 through 19. Uh, and these are all from the ESV version. And I'm not familiar with this version, but it's pretty much telling the same. It's just in a much more modern uh modern language than what I'm used to reading. Definitely not the King James. We would all be confused <laughs> if I were reading from the King James. Though it's King James version of the Bible is made to be read aloud and it's very uh, poetic in the way it was written as they did in King James Day. Uh, Alright, so John chapter 12 Verses 12 through 19. The next day, the large crowd had come to the feast. Let me start that over. The large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches from the palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So when they say these things were written about him, a lot of friends of mine will say, well, you know, uh, John, I used to have a friend who would actually say this. Well, what if I, you know, 
said I was, you know, uh, somebody, and I got a bunch of people to follow me around. For my friend, who <laughs> the guy that was saying that made a, <clears throat> pardon me, at least he thinks he made a life of being a BSer and a liar uh, to get what he needed. He's, he wasn't, he's not very good at arguing religion with me. And I would tell him, because we lived by the river, and his house was really close to the river, the Ohio River. Uh, I would say, uh, dude, when you can walk across that river without falling in, then I, I would believe you. Uh, but um, Jesus didn't just get a bunch of people to follow him around. Uh, obviously... <clears throat> Mm. There were the 12 disciples <clears throat> uh, who were charged with going out into the world after he died. Uh, well, after, pardon me, didn't die. After he ascended into heaven. <clears throat> and uh, they were in charge of spreading the word, the 12. Also... There were a lot of other followers. Um, my favorite book of the Bible is uh, Matthew uh, because it contains the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, you can Google, you know, Book of Matthew, Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, and it explains everything. Jesus lays everything out in that sermon. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Palm Sunday. Um, not only did Jesus obviously have the power of being, you know, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, God in human form, but these things that he did were prophesied in the Old Testament. Okay, one of the prophets that talked about this very, um, this very uh, story or this very scene, this event that we're, we just read about in John, one of those prophets was Zechariah. And Zechariah chapter, or chapter 9, verse 9, right, okay. Jesus, or <laughs> that no, it doesn't start saying Jesus. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So this colt was uh, had never been ridden by a person before. Um, it was also considered humble. You know, Jesus could have come in like a triumphant king, sitting on a throne with the disciples carrying 
him on the throne, you know, like you see in the the old movies about uh, Egypt and that, you know, the king will be on this beautiful, almost a couch or thr- throne or uh, chair. And, you know, there'll be four, six, eight guys, however many it took to carry him. And I don't know if they really did that, but, you know, Jesus could have come in on like that. He could have come in, you know, riding on a horse or a camel or whatever he wanted. But he chose to show humility. He always chose to show that he was humble and he was here to serve. Uh, And that sets the example for Christians that we're here to serve uh, one another in the body of Christ, and we are here to serve um, other people on earth, and we're to do it humbly. That's why he came in on a donkey uh, or colt uh, that had never been ridden by a person. So that was Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 in the Old Testament. And there are other prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. Now, of course, you would know that, or Jesus, you could say, well, Jesus knew what to do because he knew the prophecies. And that's true. He did know the prophecies. One, because he was in heaven with God the Father as God was sending these messages to the prophets and God being part or Jesus being part of the father knew ahead of time what was prophesied and was what was going to happen to him when he came to earth. But how would these people along the streets the people of Jerusalem and the people of Israel that had come from all around for the feast know <laughs> that they're, that Jesus is going to come in on a donkey. They, the Bible was not written. Oops, my computer screen just went black. Um, the Bible was not printed back then. In fact, the printing press had not even been invented. Uh, if you were... Uh, a priest or a rabbi or um, whatever you want to call it, you would maybe have a written copy. Um, A lot of things were passed down orally from one priest, rabbi, whatever, to the next uh, and things like that so the average person wouldn't know of the prophecy of uh, the king coming back on a cult Um, and so that's one thing that shows that you know this was prophesied and it was taught um, or it was uh, prophesied long ago. It wasn't just something that happened one day. 
so we start the Holy Week today, well, kind of four minutes from now it'll be today, where I'm at. Um, sorry I'm so literal at times. We begin this Holy Week, um, and then we have Maundy Thursday, uh, which is the day that represents the Last Supper, where Jesus explained to his disciples, you know, uh, when you do this, you know, he breaks the bread and says, when you do this, it represents my broken body broken for you do this in remembrance of me and that's why we take communion uh now the church uh, uh, uh the one church i go to they do communion every week so people can get saved and have their sins taken away every week and it's a symbolic thing um but it's a powerful thing uh and I usually there's a associate pastor or elder sitting there explaining why we you know break why we eat the the bread and drink the uh, grape juice or cranberry juice or whatever it is. And I like to sit there with my head down and just beg for forgiveness. But it all started. <clears throat> excuse me, thousands of years ago, um, a few days after Jesus came into Jerusalem, he went into the upper room and had the Last Supper with his disciples. He broke the bread and said, Do this in remembrance of me, my body broken for you. And then he took the cup of wine and said, this is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we do it to ask God to forgive our sins because that's why Jesus' body was broken and that's why he shed his blood for us. Our, he shed his blood for our sins. And then later that night, of course, Jesus was betrayed uh, by one of the disciples and turned over to the Romans uh, because he was accused of breaking Jewish laws uh, and things like that. You can read more about it in the Bible yourself. Um, this will be like a 10-hour long sermon if I keep going. Uh, and I'm not a preacher, and this is not a sermon. It's a podcast. Um, but so you have that. Uh, then on Friday, it's called Good Friday. Um, that is the day that Jesus was put on trial and crucified. And this is real. It's not made up. It's not just a story. Uh, I don't care what, you know, you may see or hear on the History Channel this was this too was prophesized in the old testament and G, you know jesus would be rejected by the people he came to save and all of these things um 
And so they rejected Jesus. The Romans had a tradition during Passover that they would free one Jewish prisoner during Passover. So there was a prisoner, uh, I forget his name, Barabbas. Anyways, (laughs) Pontius Pilate was going to let the Jewish people decide to set Jesus free. And the, well, the devil probably played some role in this too, getting into people's heads, but um, the Pharisees and the Jewish elders agged the people on. So when Pilate said, do you want us to... Fr- me to free Jesus they said crucify him and then uh, the other criminal they had the choice to free was uh, locked away and so they chose to free the other guy and send Jesus to the cross but that fulfilled the prophecy and ultimately washed away our sins And so we have now Jesus dying on the cross on Good Friday. And I've often wondered why they say Good Friday. Because if you're getting nailed to a cross, that's not good. That could not have felt good. Remember, Jesus was, you know, God the Father the Holy Spirit, the Son, in a human form. So he could feel pain. But he took that pain for us so that we don't have to suffer eternal pain. Now, so Jesus died on Good Friday, was buried in the tomb Three days later, on Sunday-ish, and my whole life it's been called Easter Sunday, and it still is for the most part, but a lot of churches have begun calling it Risen Sunday because of uh, there's a pagan meaning to the word Easter, so uh, it means like rebirth. So some churches have gotten away from the the word Easter and started saying Risen Sunday. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. God knows what you mean. So I'm just going to say Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, Mary Magdalene went to put spices and uh, embalming. Uh, the, to embalm the body of Jesus. And she found that the stone which was covering the tomb had been rolled back. Uh, the Roman soldiers that were there because 
the Romans were worried that somebody would come and steal his body and say, oh, look, you know, Jesus is risen just like he said he would. Instead, she finds an angel sitting there, and the angel said, he is not here, for he is risen. And that's where we get risen Sunday. Jesus has risen from the dead. And then, you know, Jesus appeared, well, Jesus came to Mary, came to the disciples later on. Uh, He spent another 40 days here on earth. And then it was witnessed publicly, and it's written by other uh, historians that were there at the time. Uh, Josephus, I do believe, is the name of one of the historians, that he was taken up into the heavens in a whirlwind and went to be with God. Um, All of the prophets of your other religions, I'm not going to go into detail, uh, they all died. They all died. Period. Point blank. All of them died. Jesus is the only one who died. And the death was witnessed. By. uh, I don't know. Hundreds. Dozens. Doesn't matter. Enough spectators. That if you went into a court of law. Back then or today. They would say. Yep. Guilty as charged. He was dead. And then he start, came back from nowhere and was walking around. He's the only one to rise from the dead. He's the only one that rose from the dead. Period. Point blank. And it was witnessed by Jews, uh, non-Jews. I forget what they were called back then. Um... But anyways, it was witnessed by the Romans, by the Jewish leaders, by people that documented history back then. A lot of people. Again, enough to say in court of law, guilty as charged. He was dead and he came back to life. We saw him walking around. We saw the scars on his body from being stabbed by the Roman spears to make sure that he was dead. We saw the scars on his feet and on his hands, uh, which, by the way, a lot of people dispute that uh, your body weight could be supported by your hands. That you know, There are a lot of pathetic arguments against the crucifixion and a lot of things in the Bible. It, you're... If you put a nail through someone's wrist and through their other wrist and then put their feet together and put a third nail in there, you can hang them from a cross. A lot of people were crucified on either crosses or trees or different things. Mostly crosses and trees. Uh, But it, it supported the body weight of a lot of other people. And your wrist, okay, what we call our wrist today, was considered part of your hand back then. 
they weren't as technical about anatomy back in the day as we are today. So if someone tells you, well, you, if you put the nail through the palm of your hand, it, you're, you would just tear through your fingers and you'd fall off. No, it was put th- really through his wrist. That's how crucifixions were done. Uh, of all the people that were crucified and died, Jesus is the only one that people will get that nitpicky and petty over. I'm just telling you some of the silly arguments I've heard over the years. Um, but this is the beginning of the Holy Week. Uh, please, if you've never been to church, if you don't know what Palm Sunday is, uh, this is the week to get a lesson and why, how and why and when and where and what Jesus died for our sins so that we can live eternally. And yes, I believe there is eternal life. There's somewhere, a, a city in the clouds. And if it's not that, God can explain it to me when I get there. Maybe Jesus can explain it to me. Maybe the Holy Ghost. Maybe Moses. Maybe Noah. I don't know. But somebody in heaven will explain to me how all the things I don't understand work. But to keep it simple in my little human brain, I believe that there's an old man who lives in the clouds. And he and he created me. He created the heaven and the earth. Yes, in seven days, but God's days are not the same as our days, all right? It's it's in the Bible, you know, one measurement of time to us is like a thousand years to God, okay? So, that being said, God bless everybody. Happy Palm Sunday. Start to the Holy Week for Christians. Go to church. And the cool church, the mega church, isn't always the best church. Get yourself a good Bible. King James is the best. uh, Even though it's the hardest to read. uh, And get yourself a study version of the King James Bible that has notes that uh, simplify for you what is being said because it's complicated for new new believers. But if you go into a church and what the preacher is speaking ain't what you read in that Bible, then you need to leave that church. All right. So God bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, Let's remember to pray for one another. And uh, Jesus is real. God is real. Jesus is king. He's coming back someday to rule over the earth. So get right with the Lord. Amen. God bless y'all.